Welcome to the English Montreal School Board Podcast, where you'll hear from the people within the EMSB community and beyond, beyond. people with some inspiring stories, and people who work very hard to make this board, the EMSB, the choice of thousands of families. Here's your host, Suzanne Deshotel. Well, it's been difficult for just about everyone to keep themselves occupied during this uh, self-isolation period that we've been going through since early March. It's been particularly difficult for students of all ages who are either stuck in the house or trying to do some online work to keep engaged in learning. It's also been a very difficult time for teachers who are trying to stay connected with their students. But then there's always a standout in the field. Now, there's a young man, grade 11, just turned 17. He's a student at Lorne Hill Academy. His name is Jonah Contolomus. And what he decided to do during this lockdown, so to speak, was, well, maybe I can do something that's actually helpful. They're called ear savers, and they've been going to frontline workers who have to live in masks during their 18, 20-hour shifts. This was his project that he came up with, and the way we're finding out about it is from his math teacher, Sarah Ditchfield. Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. You're a teacher of Jonah's. You're his math teacher. Give us a little bit of a background about Jonah himself. Okay. It'd be my pleasure. So I started teaching Jonah Sec 5 math just this past September. He's a pretty quiet student and definitely not an attention seeker, in my opinion. He's active in the Lauren Hill community, uh, part of the senior band and competitive swim team. Uh, but I noticed something special about Jonah last fall. Uh, for several years, I've been having my SEC 5 students use a particular computer application to model functions and solve math problems. And when Jonah's class was using the program, he approached the problem in a way that I had never seen in the past. And I was really impressed by his creativity. So he was already thinking outside the box using this app. And did it work? It did. Yes, it was. Uh, it was a way that I'd never seen a student approach the problem before, and uh, and I remember meeting with his parents at parent-teacher interviews and, and telling them about how impressed I was that uh, you know he's a, a really really intelligent kid, but not just that he's uh, also very creative, and and you don't necessarily think creative uh, with math, but uh, he certainly was. Wow. And so tell me, how did you hear about what Jonah was doing during his off time at home? So I was on uh, social media about a week and a half ago, and I came across uh, a post that someone had shared about the Ear Savers project. I recognized Jonah's name, and I recognized him in the pictures. And I thought, well, more people need to know about this. And I knew it was important to highlight the positive way that one of our students is helping out the community during the pandemic. And we really need these feel-good stories to boost our spirits and keep us going through these tough times. Wow. So, Jonah, now to you. Why don't you explain to us exactly what an ear saver is? So, ear savers are basically a little single-piece plastic tidbit that 
holds the straps to the masks on the back of uh, on the back of the head instead of behind the ears. So typically, a doctor what they'll do is they'll take both of the straps of the mask, slam it behind the ears, and then kind of leave it at that. But over long periods of time, that can cause strain, headaches, even bleeding behind the ears in some cases. But the ear savers basically prevents that by shifting all of all of the pressure uh, towards the back of the head instead. So, so how did you first hear about that this was a problem and that maybe you could solve it? Uh, originally, it was my dad who had showed me a model file for these uh, ear savers, and I was I was interested at first. I was wondering what they were for and you know what I could do with them. And then you know I started printing out a couple because we had a friend in Ottawa who expressed interest because he's also a nurse. From there, it kind of just spiraled out of control. And now we're just printing for a bunch of different hospitals and getting it out there. So you asked for Christmas of last year. You asked for a 3D printer. Yeah. And what was your initial intention in using the 3D printer? What did you want to do with it? So for the 3D printer initially, I really, really like making cool Halloween costumes and props and stuff. And having a 3D printer really helps with that. It makes everything a whole lot easier. Uh, so that was the original intention behind why I got the 3D printer, but now I'm happy that I can just help with it. It's amazing. So we're, we're speaking to Jonah Contolomus, who is a grade 11 student at Lauren Hill Academy, who has taken his 3D printer and created these ear savers that support the rubber part of the uh, mask behind the neck, as opposed to just hanging on the ear. So, Jonah, how did you connect with the hospitals? Some, it's neighbors, but we also have a lot of family members. I mentioned before, uh, we have a nurse friend who's in Ottawa, so we were able to reach out to them, and they could get in contact with their friends if they found it necessary. So it kind of just spread from there. Also, I'm pretty sure that uh, Facebook has also helped, and, you know, the Instagram and all the posts getting out there, those were able to, uh, you know, get the message out there. And then we were contacted by some hospitals. Tomorrow, actually, I'm going to Lakeshore Hospital to deliver some myself. Wow. Which hospitals in the Montreal area have asked you for orders? Oh, man. Okay. So there's Santa Cabrini, Jewish General, Patterson's Children, Sacré-Cœur, Lakeshore, Montreal's Children, CHSLD, uh, Retirement Homes, and Richardson, all from what I gather. That's the Montreal area, but it's, it's also gone into into the Prairie region, has it not? In, in the uh, Saskatoon, yeah. I mean, this has spread very, very quickly. Um, so what kind of feedback are you getting from the nurses and the doctors as to the effectiveness of these ear savers? So uh, as with the nurse that I mentioned, when we initially sent over the uh, ear savers and he received them, he actually took a whole bunch of pictures with his staff with little signs that said, thank you, Jonah. You know, they all had their masks on and their ear savers on. And I found that really nice. That's the only piece of feedback I've gotten from the nurses directly. But there's been a lot of general positive feedback just from the public. You came up with this template for the ear savers. So explain to us how it works through the 3D printer. So the 3D printer basically moves back and forth and basically lays down small amounts of material layer by layer to eventually build up the structure that's going to be necessary. It prints them out five at a time. There's some possibility that we could start printing them in, in stacks of eight or 16 or 32. That would take an equivalent amount of time. And frankly, uh, the margin of error just lends itself to not being super feasible. So then do you have to cut them out individually or does it, can you pop them out? How's it work? 
No, pretty much uh, what happens is that there's a little little heated tip that melts the plastic that's coming from the roll, and that's and that is put out onto a uh, onto a print bed, which is which is moved around in in a specific way that it'll start making whatever pattern you desire. Who's paying for all this? The 3D printer was obviously originally paid for by my parents as a Christmas gift. It was one of the more budget models, but the material itself is paid for by me and my parents. You told me that this was actually coming out of your pocket, and I think you should take credit for that. Yeah, I'll own up to that. <laughs> and now, are you charging the hospitals to get reimbursed? We don't charge the hospitals for anything in relation to the actual cost of production or anything, even though they're relatively minuscule. But yeah, we just charge them for delivery, especially if they're far away. That's about it. Wow. You sat down, you decided to make these. You're contributing them to the hospitals. They're now coming to you, asking you for some. And like you said, you're going to the lakeshore tomorrow to make a delivery. Yeah. How many have you? do you figure you've made so far? Total, I'm pretty sure it's been around 500. And then we have about 100 and maybe 50 more on the way. So by the end of it, if we don't get any more orders, it'll be a total of 650. And I hope that goes out to 650 medical workers. Well, so here you are, you're helping all the frontline workers. I mean, once the word gets out, you might start to pick up even more orders. Does this look like something you might continue to work with down the road? Uh, they have to wear this stuff all the time, no matter what they're doing, pandemic or not. D do you think that would be something that you'd like to continue doing? It's definitely a possibility. I mean, Obviously, there is some cost incurred, and I don't think I could keep on, you know, just taking all of the cost of material without not even turning a profit, but, you know, just losing money. So the, that would have to change if I were to look into this, you know, as into, into the future. But there's also the issue of scalability. So right now it's one tiny printer that prints five at a time. I can print around 25 a day and that just lends itself to not a whole lot of production. If I wanted to, I could spend my entire bank account on as many printers as I could get and then start distributing from there. But I'm happy with the effect that it has right now. It's an amazing that to hear what you have done during this difficult time uh, at home and the contribution that you've made to the frontline workers in the hospitals. Uh, the list of hospitals is impressive. The feedback you're getting um, obviously has to just really just tell you that you, you are certainly on the right track and you've made a great contribution. Uh, Sarah, this must be very heartening to hear you know, one of your students making such a, a huge contribution during this time. It, it really is. Uh, it's been a, a tough time for everyone being far from their students. And uh, we're so proud of Jonah, all of the staff and, and administration at Lauren Hill Academy. He's such an inspirational student and it's a, an amazing story. And I'm just so proud of him. And I'm really excited that, uh, that he's getting this exposure. And he's an amazing individual. I think just the fact this a young man just turned 17 took it upon himself to see what he could do, not just to, you know, do schoolwork, but what can I do to give to my community? And uh, Jonah, for that, uh, congratulations. And that comes from, you know, your background, your family, and of course, your teachers that you've had throughout the years. You're going to continue to Vanier, I believe, next year? Vanier is the plan. I'm just going to go into a pure and applied uh, abridged course just to just to try and get into the actual pure and applied. Well, Jonah, congratulations to you. And on behalf of the frontline workers, thank you so very much for what you have done. Just doing what I can. 
So a big thank you to Jonah Contolomus, who is a grade 11 student at Lorne Hill Academy, and his math teacher, Sarah Ditchfield, who has joined us both here today. Congratulations to both of you, and it's been great hearing all about this magnificent project. You've been listening to the English Montreal School Board Podcast with Suzanne Desotel. Make sure to subscribe to this and the Inspirations Podcast, Quebec's only podcast dedicated to the special needs community on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Thanks for listening.